Welcome everyone to the All Things Bible Podcast. This is the second episode in our series on the armor of God. Uh, and last week we spent our time setting up reasons uh, why Paul writes about the armor and what the armor is used for and what it is used against. Uh, and this is very important uh, into trying to get into Paul's head about why the armor of God is so important and why we need it as Christians to walk our journey of faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, and so this time we're just just sort of going to dive into the armor uh, and talk about some a uh, few of the pieces in this episode uh, and talk about why they are important for the armor and why we can use them and how we can use them in our daily lives. So let's dive in and surround ourselves with all things Bible. All right, so we are studying the armor of God. And last time we studied verses 10 through 13 in Ephesians 6. Uh, and so we're going to begin in verse 14 today. And let's make sure we understand that this armor is simply a metaphor uh, that would have been well known to the Ephesians uh, at this time. And, and just to give a historical context as to what we're talking about, uh, the world was ruled by Rome at this time, basically. Uh, Rome definitely made their presence known, and the Ephesians would have been really familiar with what a Roman soldier looked like. Uh, when many people thought of Rome, they probably thought of a Roman soldier, and so they would have been very familiar with what a Roman soldier looked like, how they were dressed, uh, and what their armor was used for. Um, they were The soldiers were definitely not the most loving bunch, uh, especially to the early church with all the persecution uh, and Paul definitely uh, knew that and had some connection as, as he was one of the ones that persecuted the early church. Uh, and so I think this armor is not only familiar with those he's writing to, to the Ephesians, but Paul is certainly w well familiar with what a Roman soldier looked like. And so I think Paul thought that this was the best metaphor to use uh, for these Ephesians and talking about how we ourselves as Christians have our own armor uh, in God. And so what Paul does with this image of this armor is just absolutely amazing to me. And so Paul takes this image of this soldier and the armor that they have on, um, and a Roman soldier's armor specifically would have been just the best around uh, and nearly impenetrable. Uh, to just the common folk and to the early church especially. Uh, but what Paul is going to do is just to compare this soldier's army uh, and say that, hey, we as followers and believers of Jesus Christ have our own armor that we stand up to against the evil in this world. Uh, and as we saw last time, though, our enemy is not each other. So we have to keep that in mind as we're studying this armor, uh, that our enemy is not other human beings, but rather... It is the darker entities and, and the evil forces of this world. And so it's very encouraging just to know that we too have an armor uh, that is able to stand up and that is impenetrable um, to the enemy that is Satan uh, and the evil forces. Um, so now let's just dive into a little bit of description that Paul gives about the armor. Um, Ephesians 14 through 15 uh, in chapter 6 um, say this, Stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and when, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. 
And so we have three different pieces of armor. So Paul just gets right in here and starts describing this armor. Uh, but he says uh, two very important words first before he gets into the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and all that. He says two words, and he says, stand firm. Uh, he uses these two words before he describes any of the armor. Um, and so there are so many different rabbit holes uh, that we can go into with just these two words, uh, but they are so crucial and they are so important. Uh, this phrase bears the image and it paints this picture of a soldier standing tall and strong uh, right before they go into battle. Um, it's also important um, to remember and, and to kind of recall that we are called to stand firm in multiple places uh, in Scripture. Um, and it is often, especially in the New Testament, described uh, and expressed because of persecution in the church or you know something is coming that can knock us off our feet, some temptation, some test um, that if we're not ready for and we're not standing firm for, it can just uh, knock us flat on our face. First um, Peter 5, 9, Galatians, Galatians 5, 1, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Um, these are all verses uh, that, des that describe the standing firm uh, in the faith and standing firm in Jesus Christ. Uh, and so in, in this verse, uh, and actually in the verse above this one, in verse 13, uh, Paul says that we should put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Uh, standing against evil um, is really what we're standing against. We're standing firm against those temptations, against those tests um, that evil throws our way. Uh, and, and so we are standing our ground and, and uh, standing firm against the forces of evil and temptation. Uh, but we can't forget the application, though, um, that we can really learn from this uh, because persecution, um, sufferings, hardships, you know, the hard times that we go through, maybe not just as Christians, but just as people on earth, um, we are standing up and we should be standing up to these things um, with, these, with this armor that Paul describes. Um, you know, this may be able, you know, this may be a, a disease that we were just diagnosed with. It may be the, the bills that uh, just can't seem to get paid. Uh, maybe a loved one passing away or the job that we just lost. These are things um, that just happen to people in general uh, in this broken world that we live in. Uh, and again, as we talked about in the last episode, you know, Paul doesn't say that with this armor on, nothing bad will happen to us. Uh, in fact, it's just the opposite. Paul says because we have this armor, uh, it, it's almost going to be like a magnet. Bad things are going to happen because we have uh, confessed faith in Christ Jesus and because we are washed in his blood. Um, Satan is going to attack us first. And, uh, you know, we are still living in a broken world, um, but we're living... Uh, and we should be living, Paul says, with this armor on uh, so that we can endure the pain uh, and the hardships and the suffering that we endure and that we go through so that we can stand firm until the end and stand firm until Christ comes. Uh, and so that's really what this armor is all about. You know, and again, it's not that nothing bad will happen to us. Bad things are going to happen, uh, you know, regardless whether you're a Christian or not. That's just kind of the way life goes in this broken world with sin and death. Um, but with this armor on, we can endure those hard times. We can endure the hardships because of the power that we have through Christ Jesus in God. 
And so now let's just get into these different pieces of armor. Uh, and so it says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Uh, and so this is the first piece of armor that we come across is this belt of truth uh, that's buckled around our waist. We kind of get this idea that it's this belt um, that's in place. It's not just hanging there. It, you know, it's tied or it's buckled, whatever. Um, it's in place. It's, it's firm right where it is. Uh, and so there are so many little implications in this belt of truth. Uh, first, let's go to the spiritual side uh, of things and, and, and talk about what truth is. So what is truth? Because we can't have a belt of truth unless we kind of know what truth is. Uh, and so uh, Jesus describes it best what truth is. Um, in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. So Jesus uh, defines truth as being himself. Uh, Christ is truth and the message of the gospel is truth. Um, the, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the forgiveness of sins, eternal life, uh, these are all truths that lie within uh, the idea and embodiment of Christ Jesus. Um, he also says later, earlier in John 8.32 that the truth will set us free uh, because Christ is truth and Christ died on the cross to set us free from our sins and give us the gift of eternal life. And so we have this idea of truth um, and, and what truth is, and simply that truth is the gospel. Truth is Jesus. Um, but what about the descriptions of truth? Um, and, and these descriptions of truth have implications um, in and of themselves. And, and so let's talk about uh, the descriptions of truth for just a second. Uh, let's notice that the, the truth is mentioned first. Um, the belt of truth. Truth is, is the first piece of armor that is mentioned um, and this is so crucial and, and, and it just can't be missed when studying the armor um, because without knowledge of truth and what it is um, the rest of the armor becomes useless to us it, it really does because without having a foundation of truth the rest of the armor falls apart um, and, and that is why it is most likely described as a belt that, that Paul uses in this metaphor because a Roman soldier's belt um, was not a fashion statement um, in any sense in its day. It wasn't for show. Um, the belt had specific purposes for sure. Um, for one, it, it held up the garments underneath. Um, and, and so we get this idea of truth holding up uh, and being the foundations uh, for all the other pieces of armor that we have. Uh, you know, Jesus talked about in Matthew, you know, building your house on the rock or on sand. Are you going to build it on truth, which is the rock, which is Jesus? Or are we going to build our houses on sand and, and false teachings and basically anything else in the world besides Jesus? Um, so this truth is this idea that we uh, build upon, and it's the foundation. It's the firm foundation that we have uh, in Jesus Christ, and it's where we build upon and increase our faith. Um, and here it is the pre it's presented as this foundation um, for which we guard ourselves um, and, and build upon to defend against the forces of evil uh, that are around us. And so whenever those doubts creep in of, of why we are a Christian and, and, and does God really exist, when those doubts start to creep in, we go back to our foundation. We go back to our truth that's holding everything up. Uh, and that truth is that in Jesus Christ we do have forgiveness and we do have salvation.
Uh, and the bell also um, had another use for the soldier in, in warfare. Um, it usually held the soldier's weapons. Um, and usually that weapon was a, a Roman sword uh, that the soldier would carry. And, and so the belt um, held the soldier's sword in battle, had a little place for the sword to be. Uh, and so Paul mentions later, it's one of the, the last pieces that he mentions, um, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we'll, and we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, so in this spiritual armor, this belt of truth um, is holding the sword of the Spirit or the sword of the Word of God. It's holding the Word of God. And so this belt is this analogy, this metaphor of holding the Word of God. And so it's linking truth and the Word of God together, saying that the Word of God, the Bible that we have, is truth. It's making that connection. Paul is making that connection through this metaphor right here um, in the underlying surface. And so, um, you know, that's just amazing to me that Paul uses this idea of this belt of truth. Um, in that a, a Roman soldier's sword, uh, which Paul says is representative of the Word of God, uh, that the belt holds that sword. It holds the Word of God. Um, and so just linking those two together, that the Word of God is built on truth, um, and that truth is the Word of God, kind of going back and forth. Um, just an amazing metaphor uh, that Paul uses. Um, and so we we also get this idea with this belt of buckling or strapping around the waist, uh, basically putting it uh, in place and securing it, uh, it where it is. And so we get this idea with that, then, that the truth should never slip out of our minds. Um, it shouldn't get away from us uh, so that we fall down. Um, the, the truth should be a part of us, and it should be always with us, uh, reminding us of the love and the goodness of Jesus Christ. Um, the belt is also placed around the waist. Uh, which I think is symbolic of just the center of the body. Um, this implies that the truth should be at the center of everything that we do. It should be the center of our lives, uh, because if it's not, um, if the truth is somewhere else, then the attacks of evil um, and those sin and temptations can knock us off, and we can go in a different direction. Uh, but what if we are, are bound at the center, um, we are balanced and stable, no matter which way um, evil tries to pull us, but that the truth brings us back. To the center uh, and back to Jesus Christ. And so that, to me, that is just a powerful, powerful implication of the belt of truth um, and, and really what the, the belt of truth is all about. Uh, and, and so the next piece that we see um, in, in the armor of God is this breastplate of righteousness. Um, the, the words Paul uses is just with the, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And the word breastplate is not a word that we use uh, in our everyday vocabulary. Um, and so I, I just want to clarify so that we have an idea about what it is and what its function was for a Roman soldier. Um, so the breastplate of a Roman soldier was a piece of, of armor that they basically wore over their chest um, to protect vital organs like the heart and the lungs and, and stuff we need to live um, as human beings. And so... Uh, what's interesting is that this breastplate was often attached to the soldier's belt that we just discussed. Um, so if the belt was in place, then the breastplate stayed on tight. Uh, but if the belt was loose, then the breastplate would just slip right off and the soldier would be unprotected and vulnerable to uh, the enemy's attacks. And so we can start to see some implications spiritually 
Um, but but let's just hold on for a second with that and, and let's define what righteousness is. If this breastplate is defining righteousness, let's get an idea of what righteousness is. Um, and I think the most important thing when talking about righteousness is that Paul is not referring to our own, uh, to our own righteousness, but rather it is the righteousness of God um, that he gives us uh, and that we wear to protect ourselves. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that God made him who had no sin, talking about Jesus, to be sin for us, so that in him, in Jesus Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. So Paul says here in, in the second letter to the, to the Corinthians, he doesn't say that uh, so that in him we might become our own righteousness. He says so that we might become the righteousness of God. And so we get this idea that, that the righteousness of, of, of God and that we receive God's righteousness, and it's not our own. Um, and, and so it's the righteousness of God that makes up this breastplate. Um, so if it were our own righteousness that made up the plate, um, it would fail instantly uh, because, as Romans 3.10 says, no one is righteous, not even one. Uh, and so it just has to be God's righteousness that gives us the protection from evil uh, to resist and to defend against it. Um, so now going back to the relationship between the belt and the breastplate, um, the belt really holds the breastplate in place. So spiritually, um, the truth is holding our righteousness in place because our, our the truth is the foundation of Jesus Christ and the righteousness we have is the righteousness of God. Uh, and so we have Jesus Christ and, and holding uh, the righteousness of God is holding on to this to this truth, this idea of Jesus, um, Jesus being truth. Um, and if we don't have truth, then we don't become the righteousness of God um, and it falls and, and the armor fails. And so what's left is our own righteousness, um, and, and that is, if, if that happens, our own righteousness is left, and that's, uh, that's not going to protect us at all, um, and we fall into, into temptation or we give in to the test, uh, whatever it is that Satan is trying to throw at us. And so the belt and the breastplate, truth and righteousness, they go hand in hand here, um, and that's what Paul is trying to express right here, um, that it, it is not our own righteousness that protects us and, and defends us, but rather it's the righteousness of God uh, that is connected with this idea of truth in Jesus Christ. And so truth is the foundation um, and the righteousness of God kind of protecting those vital organs. Um, it, it, it's the righteousness of God is protecting our inmost being. Um, it, it really is where the heart and soul dwell um, in, in the minds of um, the ancients um, and, and that's really what Paul is trying to get to the heart of here, um, is that the righteousness of God um, protects us, um, and it will defend us um, it, when the spiritual forces of evil come. And so we're just going to stop right there uh, for this episode. So in the next one, we'll get to the feet fitted um, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's a good one. Um, and so we'll continue on from there. Um, so, but let's always remember that no matter what we're dealing with in life, um, no matter the hardships, no matter the trials, no matter the struggles, that we have this armor to put on uh, and that God defends us when we put on his armor uh, and when we um, defend against the forces of evil with his mighty power. Uh, so I hope this helps. Uh, God bless and always remember to surround yourself with all things Bible.